Welcome to episode 104 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Brian. We are two artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-around shit-talkers, and each week we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Disney, Hulu, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. There was no episode last week, folks. Apologies. This is down to the fact that I have moved to Chicago for the next three and a half to four months, so I was on an airplane. Kevin was moving house. Brian was sick. We tried to get together to record the episode, but unfortunately it just didn't happen before I had to pack a bag and get in a plane. Um, this week, Brian and I talk about me moving over here, my first week over here. We talk about the new Resident Evil remake. We talk about C2E2. Um, we talk about any and all nerd stuff that we can come up with. Um, and... Yeah, we have a good owl chat. Again, sorry for the missed episode, and sorry that this is coming to you a little later than its usual Monday 6 o'clock GMT release. Um, I'm still getting to grips with the time difference here, so by the time I'm awake, I've lost a good chunk of the day in Ireland time anyway. So we're going to try and find a regular release time, get us into a bit of a rhythm with it, Right now, it is 20 to 10 on Monday, April 3rd, so it's a little late, but it's still a Monday release. So, all of that being said, head over to Instagram at The Endless Cast, give us a follow, we put up art to go with each episode. Send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail. Both Instagram and email are a great way to tell us that we should be watching something, tell us you disagree with something, just get in touch in general. And if you could, please go to iTunes and Spotify, rate, review, like, subscribe. All those good things really help us out. But now, let's get into the episode. Oh no, hold on, what's this doing? Why is it? Sorry, Scott was trying to screen record that for a second. So I'm in Chicago, and I got here on Monday, and that's why we missed an episode, dear listener. Um, well, I'm, I was sick on the weekend as well. It wasn't yes, entirely yeah. that. It was a, it was a conflagrance of... There nonsenses yeah. that led to we tried we actually really did try to get a, an episode recorded but then it just turned into um wasn't going to happen and i i think we all felt we had justifiable excuses um so shut up <laughs> <laughs> any culture shock yet no i don't think culture so. shock i no. don't think so uh like not in a negative way but in a in a like watch this happen kind of like different kind of way yeah um like Chris pointed out, like, just try and keep a running tally of every time someone goes, let's go, either <laughs> yelling at something they want to do or they're about to do or sport. Right. Um, and the bar we were in yesterday, there was a woman just perched up on the bar watching the Miami game in, as part of the Final Four. And she was like, come on, Miami, let's go. And it's like, I think I counted 15 yellings of let's go followed by apologies to everyone around her and she's wearing a miami shirt and there was three screens playing this miami game and the bar had the beautiful idea to put on ace ventura who are right. investigating the miami dolphins um now i say the bar i don't know i guess you have to choose to put that channel on uh, i tried to watch them. that recently and it's i can't believe i ever laughed at it. i was very young really but it's it's very i was watching it laughing my ass off God, <laughs> I am aware. I am aware of the the. It's like, very very transphobic. Isn't even not even the transphobic. Like I mean, I, I kind of knew that had aged badly. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but just other st- just the style of it, it's very. It's not even slapstick. It's just kind of Looney Tunes. It's, kind of madcap. Yeah, Looney yeah. Tunes. Just sort of. It's like this is, but not even in a because a couple of days ago I watched Gremlins and that's fucking bonkers. But it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that, that's that's nuts. That film is fucking nuts. But I only saw Gremlins once okay. because I had seen Gremlins two first on RTE, mm-hmm. which is always on. Yeah, and then when I watched, I, I, I think I'd seen it was genuinely the, scary. And yeah, I, was like, oh, no I think I'd seen a bit of the first one first, and then somebody was like, "Absolutely not," and turned it off. And then I saw the second one in full, mm. and then went back to the first one. And then yeah. watching the first one, I was kind of like, "This is like there's a lot, there's a lot of you know menace and kind of peril in it, but it's also very, very silly." There's the woman tells the story at one point about her father trying it's to make a nice insane. Christmas for her. And <laughs> I, I had it on in the background and Phoebe Cates is talking and she just brings it up out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I could just sense the shift. So I, I tuned back in from what I was doing. I was like, I don't remember where this story is going. And then I was like, where is this story going? And yeah. No, that's the one gets, that traumatized me. Yeah. Her dad, <laughs> her dad dresses up as Santa and gets... Stuck, in, stuck the in the chimney and and dies. Dies, and they don't find him for weeks. And then yeah. they do. They find him dressed as Santa, and they. And she thinks her- he's been abandoned. Uh, she's she's been abandoned at Christmas, and she just mentions it's sort of. They, they kind of run like from Christmas a dangerous anyway, situation, yeah. yeah. And she just starts saying this is like, what the fuck? It's it's so dark, and the yeah. the monsters were already scary, and that that was so upsetting to me that i never went back yeah. like i've got to have been 10 i've got to have been like mm-hmm. like and i just went you know what because then i watched gremlins 2 and there is that moment where she goes this is like arbor day all over and she starts telling a story that's stupid yeah. spoofing the first one and it's like what the fuck happened but who decided the second one of these movies is it's going the to be a sketch it really yeah. is like it, it's <laughs> I love the freeze frame and it's like every single one of these ideas made it into the film. <laughs> it's bad shit. Um, I kind of want to watch the first one again now that you say it. We, Dude, it's uh, on, I can't remember even what I watched it on, but it's on Netflix or it's or Prime or maybe Disney, I'm not sure. I can't even remember which hmm. platform it's on, but I, I watched it literally three or four days ago. Um, and I much preferred it to Ace Ventura, which... Um, you know, introduced. Yeah. I mean, I know Carrie was around a little bit before that, but yeah. it kind of introduced the world at large to Carrie. And I remember just laughing at that so much and just watching it now. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I suppose you're right. I was watching it on, um, like the, the subtitles were on in the bar. Like the sport mm-hmm. was playing. And I was, I was watching, like, I was not watching the sport. I was watching Ace Ventura. And I was just like, the guys, like, I was laughing at bits that I knew I wanted to laugh at. But the, I was just, marveling at his physicality because I had forgotten yeah. just how he's very animated. amazing he like yeah. and and when nature calls happened they they put that on afterwards it's the second one like it just whatever there was a marathon and there's a scene I was watching where like the chief of whatever tribe they're talking to is talking to his assistant and Ace is behind him just like fucking shit up just going nuts and he does He's fucking shit up, and he just does this like little hop off the altar, lands down, and comes up. 
and back to his face. I remember Just that, yeah. as the chief's head turns, and it's perfect timing. Like you, you could not. You'd you'd believe somebody keyed it out and animated that way because mm-hmm. it's perfect. That little like anticipation up into the overshoot, down into the settle, just as your man's head turns around to see him. I don't know how many times they did it, but I watched it and went, that is insane. I'm going to have to watch that film again. And then there was the cry. <laughs> I, I got to, yeah. The animated, like, even when he crashes the Jeep into the into the parking lot and does the like a glove thing. It was so funny. The It's kind of a, it works. It still works, but it's a, a little time capsule as well. The opening sequence that's like spoofing Cliffhanger, where they find him up the mountains, and that's another movie that like Sylvester Stallone failing to rescue that climber in the opening of Cliffhanger was like a tone set for me that was like I didn't expect. I didn't expect Sylvester not to, but to he saves lose. people. Yeah, he's he lost, and inside of ninety seconds, and in such a horrific like falling out of the sky kind of way like it was like oh there's darkness in the world how many years later was when nature calls after ace ventura yeah a year two maybe why well not why i i saw i saw pet detective on vhs and like i said loved it watched it multiple times i saw when nature calls in the cinema and hated it Oh wow! Okay, um, I think I laughed at the rhino bit. That was about it. I right. hated it, and it's 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 funny that I I, th- I think even then I probably still found the first one funny. Uh, a but year, ninety four yeah. to ninety five. That's crazy because it's yeah. I probably still would have found the first one funny, and then you know my humor. I mean, it's it's also just a bad film. It could just be. It's a bad film. It's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, no, just remember I'm not gonna, finding uh, the sequel funny. Okay. Um, I, and that, that's watching in the cinema. I don't know. That, that's the, to, that scene with the, the fight and the guy throws the spears in his legs. I know they're trailer highlights, but I'm, I love them. Like, I, 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 I got to watch them again and tell you, like, oh, yeah, I'm remembering highlights and... I'm not actually sitting down in a focused fashion to watch this narrative unfold and getting bored by the fact that, like, that doesn't make sense and this detective thing isn't right and that bad guys, yeah. Like, I'm sure. But, like, of that same era, like, Dracula Dead and Loving It was on a lot. I love that. Like, Mel Brooks and Robin Hood Men in Tights. And, no? See, this is this is where we um, might be very Men different people. Men in Tights, I haven't watched in a while, but I remember finding it funny, but not... Okay, you didn't like Dracula? Leslie Nielsen stopped making funny films unfortunately i would say after dracula dead and loving it no long before <laughs> no <laughs> i don't know i, I say I, that I as somebody who loves leslie nielsen yeah i i loved that movie and then there was like one he did that was like an exorcist spoof and a few things after that like he did a did a bond spoof and he did a fugitive spoof and th- those three i was like no i'm not into these but dracula I liked it. I had the Mel Brooks thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, I can try and give you like some of the like things we've done since we've got here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's hear it. 
So let's give you the the, the journey getting here. Okay. Um, I'll give you the I'll give you the whole story. Now, there's no. So what? It was a fun weekend, but it was a really really busy weekend. And then I had a flight over, which was you know eight hours, which is grand. I'm pretty good on like long flights because I'll either sleep really easily. Like I was two hours in the air before it's kind I. Of a sweet spot with flights, you know. Two hours is okay. Eight hours is okay because you just, well, kind of you know, my limited experience, but I sort of switch off. But anything in between is like this is too long. I want to get off. Most um, like European destinations, I can more or less be asleep the entire flight. And in the case of this one, like I sat down on the plane and was asleep till two and a half hours into the flight. I just woke up and I was in the air. Um, the the we did the whole American pre-clearance thing at the airport thing as well. Um, they're kind of curious about that B two visa, you know, because they're like, "How long are you going to be here?" Because it's not the SD, it's not the maximum ninety days thing. Uh, because it's up to six months, and I got a little bit of a grilling on like, "Why are you using this and not the SD?" And it's like, "Oh, I'm staying longer than three months." And it's like, "When are you leaving?" July fourteenth. It's like, "Oh, four months." What are you? What are you working here? I'm like, no, no, I am not. How much do you plan to spend every month? And I was like, oh. I, I, I don't get what the issue is. If is if you've applied for the thing and you've got it already, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting because like if I if I, I start to get paranoid, but like, if, 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 if I wanted to get into the country anything, and hide, if you're planning to do anything you're not supposed to be doing, it's not like you're going to fucking tell them then at an interview no, stage. But you know? If I was planning. To just come to the country and stay here. Why would I go to the fucking embassy and queue up for four hours in the morning and go through the interview process and get the visa and have to go and collect my passport from an airport? Like, mm-hmm. like I could have just done the SD thing and flown over on a Monday, you know? Yeah, um, and then just lay low if that was your intention. Yeah, I, I'm not. I want to. I want to. I want to build a happy, healthy relationship with American travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm delighted to have that visa but it was funny that like how, how much do you plan to spend this each month and um i'm calling this first week the onboarding week because there's a lot of money being spent and i'm like oh like i bought a sandwich i bought a ham sandwich yesterday and it was 11 dollars. it's like what that was a and, a and a bottle of water for five and then was you it, put tax on basic sandwich or was it good it was a fancy no it, it like it was a it was a it was an it was at an event, so they could screw you. Okay, um, but right. it was it was a, like off a freezer rack or a sandwich. fridge rack. Right. It was an event sandwich, but like eleven dollars. Um, and you know, I'm I get panicky, especially as I don't have the job anymore. But like, uh, I'll be fine. You know, I'm just like we yeah. we went and so Monday night we got or Monday we got here. I'm pretty tired, and Chris, uh, Chris, who actually listens to this. Hi, Chris. Um, Hello, Chris. I, I, Chris's house is great. The, the room he put me in has this... The room he put me in has this heater in. Or the room he prepared for me very nicely has this heater in it. But it blows hot air around the house. Fucking for sick, like Chris. 10 to 20 minutes solid. 10 to 20 <laughs> minutes every um, every hour. So that first night, I just didn't get any sleep. Because, I don't know, even if, if it had been blowing persistently, I could have got like used to it. But it would just stop for an hour and then go... Boom, boom, and then start blowing 
through the house. So it kept waking me up. So I moved downstairs and I got this little apartment unit that is like all to myself and it's lovely. And there's nothing in it furniture wise. So that led to, we went thrifting for couches and furnitures and things like that. And it was good fun. We, um, we found this place called the Brown Elephant. Uh, and we looked at a bunch of items. Chris needed one or two things. And we like were going around going, okay, that, I, I was doing the maths. And I was like, okay, that's 180. That's 50. That's 75. That's whatever. They say, they say math over there. You're going to have to adjust to that. Yeah. Culture shock. Yeah. I, I, I said, yeah, about $500. And then we went and talked to the guy and like got a nice little chat on with him. They have this, like I had this old like architect's draftsman's desk that looked beautiful and we chit-chatted about that a little bit first and they had to restore it a little bit or a customer brought in something to fix it up a little bit and then we went around and did the maths and he was like it's 410 dollars and it's like i'm bad at math <laughs> and he was like and uh you guys are so sweet we'll give it to you for 300 and we'll cut the city taxes off it awesome. and and then I was like, I had this spatula I wanted because Chris doesn't have a spatula. It was a one dollar spatula. I said, oh, don't forget the spatula. And he went, it's a gift from the store. <laughs> um, Chris was was flipping eggs with like a wooden spatula. You know, those ones that are yeah. it's, it's too thick to flip eggs, if you ask me. Um, so I, okay. got a, I got a spatula. Um, so uh, we've got to arrange that to be delivered. Uh, I went looking for a gym as well. Uh, and... That wasn't hard, but it was a bit of research because there's lots of gyms in the area, but I guess these are, Chris was sort of saying there's a lot of old industrial buildings here as well, so it lends itself to CrossFit halls. Yeah. So a couple of racks of, like, lifting, a couple of squat racks, bunch of Olympic bars, big empty area with, like, sleds for pushing and stuff, and I'm after a pretty traditional weights room. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So you got like your planet fitnesses and your ex fitness places like that. And it's like joining fee of $150, $200 a month membership or like it was and a year long contract. And it, uh, it took me a minute to find the place that was the none of your fucking joining fee contract bullshit. It's 50 euro a month or $50 a month. It's a fucking weights room. The logo is like a bodybuilder bending a bar around his neck type of thing, you know, like, so it's like, it's, um, it's, it's the attitude I like in gym spaces, which is just like, just lift the fucking thing, you know, rather than like your lifestyle is being displayed mm. to you in low lit floral bike Peloton rooms. Like, nah, just so rather than like a hundred to one hundred and eighty dollars a month, I got a place that had a three month package for one hundred and fifty. No joining fee. Just hand on the cash. Got your membership card. It's it's like a 35, 40 minute walk from here which is grand and um, there's a little like it used to be a rail track but it's they've like laid flowers and shit or laid grass and stuff on it now so it's like a walking and cycling track and um kind of goes pretty nice. near and uh we went and got a bike there day before yesterday anyway so i've got a bike to tool down there now and that that's a 10 minute cycle which is great um the bike place was fun as well uh the guy in there uh, loves bikes and uh, is very enthusiastic talker like a guy in his 60s and like anything you say he's just like oh I like that you've got a great bike this is great yeah like I love that we'll switch out the stem love those grips move that hand like he just very very like 
buzzy, chatty guy. You'll be there forever talking to him about whatever. Um, and so Chris has a bike, but he was just like, he wanted a second one for the house for, you know, tenants and friends and stuff like that. So um, I was the excuse, but he was, he was, your man was talking to another customer and saw Chris looking at this like matte black fixie thing. And when Chris was like, oh yeah, I'm just looking for a new whatever for the house. And he went, well, how about this one? He went, he went straight to trying to sell him the one that he had seen him look at. It was like very, very observant salesman. Mm-hmm. You know, he was talking to another customer, but he was like, let's, let's sell this guy on the $500 bike. Um, but we, we, we gave that one a miss because, uh, you know, you don't need a $500 bike. Brought us into the basement, dug out this old orange thing. Um, beautiful little lightweight. I like I like it a lot, basically. they ha- It had the, like, drop handles. Um, and I was like, look, I'll die. Can we switch those out? Um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm clumsy walking around. And I can ride a bike, but, like, if I have to, like, do those suicide grip things where you're, like, under the fucking bar to get at the brakes, I- I'll die. Head first on an American road. Um... And like when I did get on the bike, I went outside and just started cycling and then went, I'm on the wrong side of the road and I had to stop and go to crosswalk. <laughs> like just out of instinct, I was like, why are these cars coming towards you? Uh-oh. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Um, and it was orange with a white saddle and white cabling. And I went, sure, you're one color away from an Irish flag there. And he went, I can switch those out for green grips. So uh, I'm riding around in a little tricolor. Nice. Um, and it's yeah, it's a subtle tricolor with it being too nationalist. <laughs> um, I went to I went to a place called Coles then on Wednesday night, um, which has an open mic in the back of it, a little dive bar thing. Um, I really wanted to go to one open mic. Like I've got this spreadsheet of like all the open mics or a, a list of open mics in Chicago, and there's like five or six every night, which is great, which is what I wanted because Dublin is great, but like there's the circle sessions in the international and then the there's one in the basement. Those those two only recently came on. Uh, well, circle sessions have been there for a while and then giggles every two weeks. So there's like three things. Giggles is every two weeks and you can show up and sign up for those, but it's pretty limited in Dublin, you know, and there are so many other shows, but you got to email them or send them Instagram messages and hope they pick you. And they'll give you a date in May, you know, uh, which is great. But uh, part of this idea of the open mic in Chicago is it's intensive. You know, I can I want to go as many nights a week as I can um, to get uh, reps, basically. Um, but I went I went to the one in Coles first to just go. Am I? What's the level here? Am I what's jumping the level, in? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. What's the level here? And just to get a sense of the vibe and stuff and no i'm good i'm i'm good you know like without there's there is the full gamut of you know ability on display and it's like i'll happily sit in the middle there and it's four minute sets in that place and it's like i'm used to five to ten anyway so um i'll try and write some new material over the weekend because well it's even i want to repurpose some of the irish stuff because like i can't say dunleary and expect any yeah, recognition. <laughs> or if I if I do, I need to write it in such a way that, like, I have a line that calls out on Leary, and it's like, uh, I need to find the most elegant way to set that up so they understand, you know, uh, 
the 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 bit sort of puts the poshness of Dunleary in contrast with the poshness of Dawkey. So I need to, you know, you need to know that Dawkey is where Bono and Enya and whatever the fuck live. And so I, I got to look at how I've got that sentence structured in such a way that I give them the context they need for it to be funny. Um, do you know when you're going to do that? Wednesday. Wednesday, nice. Wednesday's the next calls one, so I'll go for that for sure. Um, and then I'm just going to start digging into the list because, as I said, there's one every night. Walgreens is funny. Everything is locked in little cubbies and you have to press a button and somebody comes and opens the thing. And, like, I'm glad I noticed that before I did that for the toothpaste because then I would have needed her to come back for the toothbrush, for the hair gel, for the deodorant, for the razor blades. So I basically <laughs> walked the shop first and found out everything I wanted and then where is everything? little bell yeah. and then go, can we do a little wander? And this woman had to come around and open all of these little cubbies and I don't know if it's that's bizarre yeah I was talking to Shannon who is a, a an American friend and I was like what's the crack with that is that an indication of like the financial status of the area that there's a lot of shoplifting or what is that like would that happen in other places and she was like that's all Walgreens because uh, the amount of stuff that people will steal to make drugs with you know that involved in like meth production I'm like okay that's mad I don't know that that's 100% the the idea but like it's an odd system nonetheless you can see why people would just order all their shopping online rather than do that kind of experience yeah yeah um it's essentially having a personal shopper just to buy toiletries yeah i don't know maybe uh, maybe maybe i just went to the wrong place maybe i should just be going to i don't know i don't know if target. i saw stuff locked up yeah i've been to target I went to a Target uh, and I went to a Home Depot um, and I was laughing. All the cultural touch points. <laughs> no, that's that's it. Like somebody was like, send me photos of, of what you're seeing in Chicago. And it's like, I have seen Target. I have seen Home Depot. Uh, I found a bike shop. Uh, the like Chris kind of laughed at that as well, where he was like, you know, you're kind of just kind of just doing chores. Um, but... It, it goes back to the other thing. It's like, I'm not here to tourists. Yeah. I don't yeah. want a picture at the bean. Um, I do want a picture at the bean. You do but like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, you're, gonna I'm a, not, you're going to get a picture at the bean. Obviously. I'm going to get a picture at the bean. You got to get it. Um, but like when you go on holidays anywhere, you're dumped into the tourist area and it's lovely and aesthetic and overpriced and whatever. And like, even we went to Lisbon uh, earlier in the month and like it's like oh it's lovely it's marvelous but like i didn't go out to where people live or where people work or whatever it was just mm-hmm. a beautiful central part of the city so with this here i am it's like i'm in a i'm in a nice area and i think it's a pretty like um pr- pretty uh it's pretty like it's a pretty popular area um but it's not like the tourist aesthetic thing you know i'm not seeing I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you see as a tourist in Chicago, even. But like, I'm I'm trying to do the suburban, domestic. I'm trying to think of of what else. Got some frames, hang up some art, try and make this place a little less serial killer in the basement. <laughs> um, it is a bit serial killer. Yeah, I can't get Jemison into people's ears. They want to hear Jameson. Jameson. Jemison. Jameson. Um, like a couple of times I've ordered it. Like one in particular, he was like, "I thought you said Jepson." 
And Jepson is Malort, which is their local... I, I don't know what you call it. Like, it's... They know it's dog shit, but they also love it. It's like, I don't know, a, a book fast? We've Might had this be conversation it. before, haven't we? Maybe, yeah. Maybe sure, yeah. If not on the podcast, definitely in, in person. Yeah. Um, But, like, I, w- I, I kind of... I kind of categorized it as, like, this is a thing that's made here. It's really toxic. It's a bit rough. You know, it's here. People are aware of it. It's not going to be an ever-present thing. But, like, I've heard a lot of Malort talk since I got here. <laughs> but basically, like, I was, I, I'm kind of surprised that it's as present as it is. You know, like, there's a lot of, like, give him a shot of my lords or you know what I mean like I didn't expect it to be I don't I don't want to say I thought it was a bit of a joke booze but I didn't think it was something you'd be pushing on people and like mm-hmm. they seem to be um, I suppose if you go to Galway they'll throw book fast in front of you not so much in Dublin. Or, or, or any hipster play. I mean, it was it was massively popular in the Bernard show. That's because they also used to sell okay. it very cheaply. Yeah. But even when they raised the price of it, it was still very popular. They used to sell it for like off-license prices, which will tell you a lot about what they knew about running a business. <laughs> it was 12 bucks in an off-license and you could buy it for 12. And then when they put the price up, people were like, that's a fucking rip-off. It's like, you do realize we're selling like shots for five or six euro. Yeah, it's like if if you want to drink cheap stuff, go to an off-license first and drink at home. Um, you've been getting it very cheap <laughs> for a long time. And like, I mean, you know, in a sense as well, I mean, it was good for business because, in, in not business, but in terms of making it a, a place to go and building a crowd. But then also at the same time, they were, I remember that place used to be quite busy with students on, you know, the Tuesday, Thursday nights. And they weren't spending a lot, but at the same time, it's better to have a place a bit lively than kind of... Because people walk into an empty place and go, oh, no, it's kind of dead, fuck off, let's go somewhere else. Whereas um, I think you kind of want the NCAD heads, you know, taking ecstasy in the bathroom and not spending any money because at least the people with money will come in and say, oh, okay, there's, there's people. There's life here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair mm-hmm. to say. I think so. yeah. um, have I have I talked enough? I think I rambled for a while. I wouldn't say rambled. Um, today we're going to visit the Bean, not the Bean. Uh, Chris's godson, our side of. Uh, the place. So I, I, I'm driving. Um, that's one of the things we did this week. Is uh, fun. I, I did a little driving lesson. Um, what are you driving? We've mentioned before. It's a it's a Ford it's a Cadillac. It's a it's oh, an old yeah. police car. It's a black and white. Oh yeah, you told me this. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's very fun. It's really like swimmy on its suspension. So you're going right. around corners and you got a lot of like kind of lighting. That's nice. Um, like it's. It's grand. Like we, uh, Chris put me on the insurance. I've got the driver's license. I've got the international driver's license. Um, we just tooled around the local area a little bit uh, to get used to it. 
It is funny being on the other side of the road and the other side of the car. Got to watch what lanes you're going into. Um, but yeah, and then today, because it's a little longer drive, I asked, could I do it just to get some miles under the belt and it'll get me up on the highway, um, especially if Chris has gone away for a week. Um, get a little crash course, I guess. Not crash course, but... Don't say crash course. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. And we're getting... Yeah, we're going to see the Godson. They're doing Easter stuff and we're getting manicures. Uh, awesome. So that's Why don't you me. get your feet done at the same time? That was an option, but I decided yeah, against it. Do that. It. Why? No. Why? <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I don't... I don't disagree, but I was also like... Mm. I would rather have you focus on the shit show that are my fingers. Um, Just fix me. have them focus on the, the whole shit show. Nah, I'll keep my feet wrapped in bandages. Thank you very much. Um, Your hoofs. My hoofs. <laughs> the claws. <laughs> and then the other thing we did was C2E2, but I can talk about that in a minute. Um, let's let's check in with you, Bean. Bean? Let's check in with you, Brian. Bean. Let's check in with you. Let's... The coffee's hitting. Bean. The coffee's hitting. <laughs> um, got a little jar of coffee little, little cold brew little cold no? brew yeah I just little went up there yeah. nice. like a third to two thirds water and... I had a Cuba Libre last night but it was um, it was a Colonel Libre um, I can't remember all the ingredients but it had a kind of a kefir cola instead of actual cola I mean there it is cola. okay um, yeah. Had kefir in it instead of Coca-Cola okay. or Pepsi. How was that? It was good, but it was, it, it, oh. I liked it. But it was also kind of like drinking a flat Cuba Libre. <laughs> oh right, it. okay. Uh, but it was good. I liked it. Couldn't couldn't run that kefir through a soda stream beforehand. Yeah, yeah. You see, I think I think that would be the. I think that would elevate it, you know, because that's the extra step. Um, I was. Um, or a cola, cola kombucha, maybe. Uh, I was trying to explain. We walked past a, um, a Guinness billboard, like our bus side thing, and it was like two guys going at each other, and it was like surging together. And and Chris commented that like he associated the word surge with the pandemic, and two men just coughing at each other <laughs> looked pretty grim. <laughs> um, which is right, but I was like, ah, yeah. And, uh, I kind of got into like Guinness is the only one of the few alcohols I know that's like just keeps adding shit to the process, you know, like, like I, I would wager the first time they poured that stout in 1756 or whatever it is, they weren't too worried about a 45 degree angle and a two part pour. They just poured the flipping thing, you know, and as it's gone on, they've gotten more and more sort of precious about it. And then that turned into mm-hmm. the cans that have the widget at the bottom that releases nitrogen or affects the pressure. And now they have the nitro surge thing. And he was like, he had not heard what this thing is. And it's uh-huh. you know, like a, a dongle for your Guinness can, like a hockey puck dongle. That is, it is, it is like a little nitrous cartridge in there that like, I it pressurizes so, yeah. the pore. That's what it yeah. is. Silly. I, I, how much different can that pour a Guinness? But, I mean, that, that's the thing with those kind of products is, you know, you got to find ways to keep it the same, but also, also, also have an excuse to keep advertising it, kind of. You know? Yeah, I suppose. Make it look like you're adding something new without changing it. 
were we were talking about it was funny we were talking about this to um we were talking about this in the bar we were in last night and I was talking to especially trying to explain this to his like Italian friend Jacopo and like at the end of that I then was like it's time to order another drink and I looked over and I saw a can of Guinness in the fridge and I went Chris ultimately went, what the fuck did you think would happen? I was like, I kind of thought this would happen, but I wanted to see it. Um, so I ordered the Guinness and it's just glass came out, can came out, popped the can, vertical, oh just into the glass. I, I You know, I, I've thought about this a couple of times. Me. I've seen like, I've seen pictures of pints people have been served in America specifically. And I was like, how offended would they be if I said, can I just step behind for a second and <sighs> yeah. show you? Yeah, because can I teach you how to do this? Yeah, because because you know it, it actually, you know, you get another Irish person or something in there, they'd be like, "Oh my god, they know how to." The do man knows how to pour. Yeah. yeah, and they, like, it's not like and just the for the stuff, secret you know, we're let them, holding let them do on what to. They want with the yeah that, but you know, it's not hard, and that, that's the strange thing. Like we, when they run we you through it a, in thirty seconds in the fucking Guinness storehouse. Everybody yeah, gets a go. When we set up uh, a Starbucks in UCC guy came in i can't remember what his exact title was but they had their own machine and it's calibrated a particular way and he came in and he walked me through the whole thing mm. i've had reps from jameson you know mm. give me the sales pitch that i'm supposed to give to a customer who's coming in and asking for whiskey guinness particularly are very precious about the angle and the appearance and whatever and it, it's bizarre that you know anywhere they're sold that they haven't come in and taken 30 seconds to say you hold the glass like this you pull this quickly you mm. get it up to here you slowly straighten up and let it sit for a couple of seconds, 90 seconds until it yeah. settles a bit and then you top it up yeah. easy peasy um yeah and yet. i i kind of like yeah that was it i wanted to see what happened when the can got brought out because part of me was like just hand me the can yeah let me pour it yeah yeah I remember even like my I don't have the dad. strongest accent, but detect the accent. <laughs> <laughs> you committed um, a hate crime right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's there's the culture shock thing, is the the bar process. Um, I wasn't aware of it, and I I keep kind of I'm not butting up against it at all. It's just like oh yeah, I have to do this thing. Um, you order a drink, they take your card off you, and it sits behind the bar. Like they give you the option to either close out immediately or just leave it behind mm-hmm. the bar. But they they take your card; it sits behind the bar. Every drink gets added to that card, and then at the end of the night, they give you a they give you a tally with a space for tip. You write in the tip you want. At this point, they've already given you your card back. They've scanned your details. Yeah. So they run all those cards at the end of the night and and total up. Rather than just processing each payment as you go, somebody, I guess, has to sit there at the end of the evening and put these through. Um, or at least when they close it out. But it was like it was kind of funny. No, because I have to write the tip on the receipt. So then they have to go over and yeah. process it. And so, add that, yeah. So they've given me the card. They have to go back to that after the fact. It's just an odd little... I mean, it works. I guess it works. It's silly. It's not mandatory. I could order drink by drink and not run a tap, but it's like, if I'm going to be there, I may as well. We went to a gig, went to see Algiers. Mm-hmm. Um, they were playing a little venue 
here. I don't even know where it was. It was the first night I got on a bike here. Um, I was, it was, I think it was the third day we were here and I genuinely exhausted at that point. Like I was standing at the back of the loudest gig I've ever been at. And the first one I thought to bring ear protection to. So I was delighted. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I felt my knee sort of buckle, you know, like a little inch drop of like, oh, I am, I am falling, <laughs> I am falling asleep. asleep. I'm falling asleep standing up. Um, In a loud venue. Yeah. Um, but the opening act, I was conscious enough to enjoy, and they were called Party Dozen. It was a drummer and a saxophone player. You know these people? Um, I think so. I really liked it. It was pretty good. Um, like, it's it's Australian band, I guess. I think Nick Cave is on something with them. Did a little thing for them. Um She's playing her saxophone. He's banging away on the drums. And at a certain point, she turns it around and the mic, the bell is mic'd. And she just is holding it by the bell and just yelling into the bell to, to sing. And it was like, this class. Like in Kung Fu Hustle. I don't remember. I saw it once. Sorry. I need to watch it again. It was, it was funny getting there. Because, again, it, like I keep laughing at how it feels like playing GTA. Um, getting like tutorials like Chris gets on his little fixie sticks his hands in his pockets and cycles around the city with no hands and he's put me on like like a Dublin city bike but it's like electric which is great the minute I start pedaling it's just a little motor kicks in it's like oh this is cool but like I'm just cycling around behind him and he's like that's this thing over here that's that always remember to power up your and it's like I'm getting like it's pure fucking tutorial level stuff <laughs> at one point somebody opened a car door and he like I don't know, whatever glute he flexed to turn 45 degrees around it. But it was like, I was looking at him going, you're out of your goddamn mind cycling around with no hands, like hands in the pockets. And it's... it's hands a, in your pockets is dangerous walking. Never mind cycling. Yeah. Um, I think he's out of his damn gourd. But um, as long as I didn't do it. Though he nearly got doored twice, basically. And it's like, okay. Sounds like he was trying to get you doored. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, it, it's cold. It is cold here still. So when you're whipping around on the bike with bare hands, I guess, chilly, chilly. But I'd rather have cold hands than a asphalt face. Did you get to see Dungeons and Dragons? I did. I did. Um, How is it? It's... I liked it. It's very much kind of something in the vein of Guardians in the Galaxy, but with uh, okay. the medieval fantasy skin on it. Um, I think it's kind of, I think it's exactly what it set out to be, right? But a part of me wishes it was a little more kind of authentically fantasy, Okay, if you get me. Yeah. Um, sometimes it, it it really does feel like, uh, you know, a heist film cosplaying as fantasy, fantasy as opposed to a fantasy film having heist elements in it. Okay. Because I'd be all for, I'd be all for that, you know. And I'm still kind of for this as well, but um, it's just kind of rare that we get something like that on the big screen. You know, we've got Lord of the Rings, we had Narnia, yeah, and then we've had kind of not much else, yeah. And this has 
this this kind of feels like I knew it's it wasn't going to happen as well. How did, how, like, yeah, how would it compare like, to I, Warcraft? I, oh, it's so much better than Warcraft. Okay, cool. Um, I knew this wasn't going to happen, but I wouldn't have been surprised if at some point we cut to a table set in present day and it's people doing a campaign. Right. Because that's what it felt like. Okay. Like Lego movie. Yeah. 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 Um, It's, it's not so much that it's kind of anachronistic, but it's, I mean, there's certain kind of things, but they're, they're kind of justified. Like they've, they've walkie talkies and things like that, but I don't mind that at all. It's not, it's a, it's a, it's a magical. Yeah. 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 I, I don't even mind that, but, the, the kind of style and vibe of it is very much it, it really is like if a bunch of people were sitting around a table playing a game and then we're seeing it kind of how it would appear in you know in their minds or whatever and they're not even really changing kind of how they speak or their mannerisms and I don't really have a problem with that like I think that's a very deliberate thing it made but yeah. I just wish it was a bit more of a well, that's that's the stuff oh. that drove me nuts about The Witcher. Is The Witcher would be mm-hmm. so authentic up to the point where it wasn't. I'm like, why are you doing yeah. this? Like, yeah. why won't you just embrace your world and be like the the song that like toss a coin to your Witcher that like everybody fucking loved for a minute. Like, it annoyed me because it was there was a line in there that was like he puts every he puts every elf right back on its shelf. I'm like, is that an elf on the shelf reference? Like, that's a such a weird specific Christmas mm-hmm. elf reference and I was like I don't I don't like that just like yeah. if you're going to do the music thing if you're going to do the Lord of the Rings music thing do the fucking thing you know I fought over the misty do, do the like like mean it make me care about it because it's real you know mm-hmm. um, but I did like it and then the third act was is good fun they kind of It, it it is kind of structured with like very, um, you know, there's there's an escape and then there's kind of one type of heist and then there's another maybe kind of heist at the end. But the third act, I won't say it was surprising, but it it was structured really well. The kind of okay. turns and things it took. Not that it was um, unpredictable or anything like that, but I just it was it was fun and it was inventive in kind of fun ways. Um, there's things then about it that aren't really specific to this film, but just things like, like extended CGI action shots. I just, why? I just, like, and I, 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 I was, I was, you know, I'm kind of someone who I remember when, like, back in 2003 or 2005, where people were giving out about too much CGI and stuff. I was like, just shut up. It's here to stay. It's going to get better. It's a tool. It just needs to be kind of utilized correctly. Hmm. And I still believe that. But there's a scene in it where somebody is escaping and they're transforming into different animals and stuff. That's fine. But then there's a lot of like, it's one thing to have, you know, a CGI animal in the shot. And then it's another when the entire sequence, like the camera move, the background, the creature, it's all CGI. And there's a point where it's just like, None of it looks bad necessarily, but I'm just so removed from it as a sequence. I'm like, I'm just kind of counting down. It's like I, you, you can almost like see the budget, you know, ticking down to zero for like how long this shot. And it's like, just why not shoot it for real and just 
embellish the thing with the effects in yeah. places. And th- there's a point where the character turns into a deer and it doesn't look great. And they stay on it. And it's right. just, it's this like, it's this, you know, computerized camera move following a CGI element that isn't in the frame. Not particularly well animated. Um, there's bits before that are fine you know the character is a bird and a mouse before that and it's CGI but it's fine but it just goes on too long and it's just like it's not even bad but it's just it doesn't look like the rest and I can't imagine anybody sitting there watching it going like this is stunning this is so so inventive and so fun you're just waiting for it to be over you know yeah I think about that in like is it maybe it's Revenge of the Sith I feel I feel like they got into the habit of those Star Wars movies of putting Obi Wan on a fucking animal. Like there's the scene where he's like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, going up and down on a fucking CG lizard, and we're yeah. supposed to enjoy the environment. And like there were there were CG there are CG technicians in Lucas that are like loving it, and they're like, it's amazing. We're doing great work. We're doing great work. This is our job. And it's like, it's like I don't care about your camera move and your exquisitely rendered terrain. Yeah, um, if it's not. You know, it's it's the stuff that feels like CG is great. There, mm-hmm. there is yeah. that whole video yep. of like there's yep. that somebody did a great video of like why does CG suck? Except it doesn't. And they like looked at like Mad Max and it's like you don't notice yeah. the CG. You don't in notice this the good stuff because because yeah. like uh, you know all of those cars are driving at each other for real, beating shit out of each other, and then the fucking thunderstorm and the the mountains and the fucking stuff around it is there to add and create this sort of tension and claustrophobia and stuff. And, you know, they're shooting elements and elements and elements and then compositing them. And it's like, yeah, CG works great. And just use more real elements than... Yep. Um, like, we were watching um, John Wick 2 last night. John Wick 2? John Wick 3. Um, Chris is doing a little rewatch before he goes and sees 4. So um, he threw it on. And there's a moment in the sort of opening 20 minutes of that where somebody gets hit by a car and gets up and gets hit by another car. And it's mm-hmm. like, the cars are going slow enough. The guy takes the hit well enough that it's like, this guy got hit by yeah. cars and it yeah. feels real. And it's like, like I get a little numb from the action in these John Wick movies at this point. Yep. But, Same. you know, just watching that moment happen, I'm like, that's cool. The guy, the guy took the hits, took the hits well. And like, it felt real and better because it wasn't a little CG body replacement for that five seconds or, you know, it's only a couple of fractions of seconds to do those hits, but like, um, it wasn't the, the Brad Pitt meet Joe black <laughs> rubber man, you know, um, you know, like Raiders of the lost Ark is so much better. There's a scene in Raiders where a guy gets out, Indiana Jones gets out of the side of a truck and calls along the back of it up into a, a flatbed and then has a fight at the back of the flatbed. And there's a similar scene in, uh, is it Terminator Genesis, which is the one with the the most recent one with the lady saving the I can't remember with the short blonde track. hair? Very similar Gen- scene, you know. I can't remember. It wasn't Genesis, was it? Genesis was Genesis uh, was the one with Matt Smith, was it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was that one. Uh, Actually, what was it? There, there was Terminator Judgment Day. Rise of the three. Machines. Rise of the Machines. That sounds right. And then, did we have we had what then Salvation? Oh, Salvation. Then Genesis. Yeah. Christian Bale. Then Genesis. And then the one with God, Arnold's Return. 
Arnold's return and um, Linda Hamilton back. Yeah. Uh, Dark Fate. It's called Dark Fate. That is a very forgettable title. I've watched that film. Yep. I I liked that film. In I many liked ways. bits of it. I liked I liked parts of it for sure. Yeah, but I I, worked. I I watched it with the mindset that I have of all of these Terminator movies, which is it's a one trick roller coaster. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's scary monster chasing you down, escape until you defeat it. And it's like if I had if if the no other Terminator movies existed and this was the Terminator movie, this is class. Yep. Um, yeah. But we're five Terminator movies in at this point, and it's like, I think this is dead. I think we're done, you know? Um, yeah. But the, the point I was going to make is there's a moment in that where she gets out of the cabin of a truck and gets in the back of it, but she kind of, like, swings out of it and CG somersaults into yeah, the back, and it's like, that was supposed to be impressive. And it wasn't because there's no sense of danger to it. There's no sense of this might be a risky thing for her to do. Whereas whoever that stuntman was, and I should have his name because he gets lauded a lot for the Raiders stuff. He's a guy that they, they dragged under the truck and all. Um, uh, yeah, he could fall under the fucking wheel of that truck. It feels real. It, it's more threatening, you know? Um, it's more impressive because it's barely doable. Um, You, you know, you kind of expect an amount of CGI stuff in a big budget blockbuster mm-hmm. like this, but I yeah. just wish it was utilized a bit more, not sparingly, but just, you know, to kind of flesh things out rather than to be a centerpiece of a set piece, you know. Um, but that said, you know, I did like it there, you know. I think that was it, you know, for the maybe the first two acts, I was kind of liking it, but not loving it because I would, like I said, I wanted maybe something a bit more of a, a fantasy, authentically kind of fantasy based rather than something that feels like it's just fantasy skinned. And I think it's easier to do something like that with science fiction because I, for whatever reason, it, you know, I guess fantasy is rooted in our, our kind of concept of the medieval past, you know, so it feels a bit more kind of bound by, even though, even though we don't really know what it was like, we've got this kind of preconceived notion where yeah. science fiction future stuff can be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for the first kind of two acts, I was kind of maybe liking it, but wishing it was a bit more of a heist movie set in something like a Game of Thrones rather than, you know, what it is. But then, like I said, the third act was um, just genuinely good, kind of fun, really quick to pace to it, you know, to kind of set their plan for how they're going to do the thing. And it keeps changing, you know, plans failing and they're improvising kind of on the spot. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's having a good time. I'm glad. Yeah, I want to... I want I would still suggest going to see it unless you think it's not your kind of thing. If you think it's not your kind of thing, it's probably not. No, I I, I think I'm I'm about it because like I I remember the first Dungeons and Dragons movie popping up <laughs> on like the the um the advanced vision shelves in Dunleary, and I was like I was like I want to watch Dungeons and Dragons. Like, they made it, Dungeons and Dragons. It's very much it's very much Guardians of the Galaxy, but yeah. yeah. And I, I prefer great. two two Guardians. You know, I'm not a huge Guardians fan. Yeah. 
I just, I do think that... Um, P- Pine is a better Chris. He's, he's a very underrated Chris, I believe. I, I think, think so. he's a top... I think he's top a top Chris. two Chris. Top two Chris? It's between it's between Evans and, and him, I would say. I think so. Yeah. Um, Hemsworth sure. is fine, I guess. He's great. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've watched, like, so many of these type of films, but especially, like, the Dungeons & Dragons, I've been, like... They've taken swings at them in the past, and it's like you mm-hmm. know that the spirit is there. That like we recognize yep. that this could be a cool thing, and it's just getting the right ingredients, getting the right marketing, getting the right like production, mu- music, budget, and everything. And it's like this could be great, and it looks like they've you know they've got the ducks in the row for this. So I'm really I think I'm excited yeah. to see it. Yeah, um, do check I it out. I want to see Shazam as well. Um, I was going to check that, that out, it. and then. Uh, your man's having a bit of a social media meltdown, and it's just been the kind of crazy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, is he is he having the meltdown, or is like one interview getting like, taken out of context? Or I no, I've seen him do. I don't know, is it like lives or something? But he's just like, it's it's yeah, it's not been interviews. It's just him kind of. I think maybe an Insta live or something, and he's just really pleading with people to go see it, and I was like. And I, I don't mean in a spiteful way. I just mean like I kind of wanted to see it, and now I, now I'll probably go see something else instead. You know? the, the problem is, the problem is Zach, and I, I, I have time for you, and I have time for Shazam. Problem is, this movie doesn't look good. Mm. This, this is the, I like. I see a giant CG dragon tearing through a city, and it's like, well, that's twenty minutes. Like, I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't necessarily want to watch that. Um. But I do, I kind of do at the same time. I want to see the film because I enjoyed the first one, but it does feel like, I don't know if how much of, I don't know how much of the conversation they've got into like the the Rock's influence on these productions of these things. Um, he does seem to be trying to throw the Rock under the bus without explicitly throwing the Rock under the bus. Um, Good. The Rock sucks. It doesn't seem like he's had a great influence on this fucking DC universe. Um you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be the captain, get your own ship. I guess. Um, does that work? Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a there's a theater here. Um, I don't know, a ten minute walk away, and it's it's everything you want from like a little old school American style theater with like the awning over it with the like individual place letters and like little lights running around it and you go inside and it's painted up nice and the people are wearing like you know waistcoats and there's a bar in there and the guy had like a little fucking wax mustache and suspenders and like arm garters and um we went in there got a drink and they they were playing shazam so i noted that and i was like i might go back for that but uh chris has a kind of regular tuesday night thing up there i don't know if they go every tuesday but him and a couple of friends go up and i went as well and they do like a movie trivia like movie a pub quiz and it was really fun um and the woman who runs it had a very like gentle relaxed it wasn't like hey everybody let's get into that like it wasn't like it was like she had a little mic she's like okay we're gonna do the trivia now and last week's it was just a real gentle presentation of it and like she it was four rounds rather than like eight rounds so you're there for like 90 minutes rather than four hours um the runners up get to pick the like pick the specialty subject for one of the rounds the following week so we were going into uh 
we were going into the first round was going to be about John Goodman films. And we were just sort of like the day ahead of it, just going, okay, what John Goodman films and characters can we remember? You know, like, it's like, and the, the line that like, there's the line from, um, well, even like, what was his name in The Big Lebowski, full name? I was like, do you, do you have that? Not the full name, no. That's no. the thing, yeah. It's Walter Subcheck. Um, or he was in a movie called, oh, About Time or About Afterlife. It's it's some movie where he dies and comes back as like a like he's a fireman who dies and like haunts his wife a bit or something. It's a bit ghosty, but he's got God and God is played by. It's the last film from a veteran actor who played a sex worker, a princess and a blind person. So who's that actress? And I got it. I was so amazed when I got it. I was so amazed I was right, but I got it. Veteran Hollywood actress played a sex worker, princess, and a blind person. Last film of a veteran. There's no rush on this. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm blanking on the blind. Mm. See, I didn't know the blind either, but the third guy at the table was like, oh, I think, I think they played a blind person in this. And the thing is, I think I've seen this film as well. Mm. Um. So the thing that um, kind of got me there was like sex worker, veteran Hollywood actress who died. So veteran, like I, I, I made me believe, you know, this is a woman in her 70s, 80s, the long career. So sex worker in the 50s? What even is that, you know? There's a few. I know that like... Um, the conversation or Clute? Who's who's it in that that plays the? Uh, it's not. Anyway, I'm I'm getting close to giving you the answer. The, those blanking. clues weren't it, but um, yeah, yeah. Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn. Um, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, sex worker. Uh, Roman Holiday, princess, and I don't know the name of the movie where she was a blind person, but I do remember the sort of the. The, it was a romance thing. Maybe that's the thing. I, I felt like I would have known the blind one because how many times has a kind of big name actress played a blind character? Yeah. Um, is it wait until dark? I don't know. Turns out there's a lot of Audrey Hepburn movies I haven't seen. Um, she made a few. Yeah. She made a few. Yeah, wait until dark, she's blind. Um But like that's that's a that's a good deep cut question for yeah. John Goodman films, you know? Mm-hmm. And it it's even the way the like like the way she leads you into the questions is very good as well. Like this nineteen ninety three movie with John Goodman is about a firefighter that this, that, and the other. The person that plays God, and it's like, okay, we're going another direction. <laughs> yeah, it's not really about so, John Goodman at all. <laughs> it's great. And there were spot prizes, and I got free popcorn. Uh, so nice. I might pop over there and see either Shazam or Dungeons and Dragons. I would see Dungeons and Dragons first. Okay. I watched Amsterdam on the plane. Did you watch that at all? I've thought about it a couple of times, and I'm just like, 
Yeah. His last couple of films haven't really done it for me. I'm surprised he's still working, to be honest, as well. Yeah. But the, and I say that as somebody who likes I Heart Huckabees. So. Oh, that's him, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, um, I like that. I saw... I saw the two American Hustle Civil Linings playbook. I didn't watch American Hustle Joy. Is so forgettable. It's crazy. Mm. I don't so I don't much get it. I didn't care for Silver Linings. Shatter. Um I did like that, but I didn't see it um I saw it like a year or two later. But I did like it. I did I, I just I saw it and was like, that's fine. I didn't yeah. see what no, people were America I, I just remember like there, there was so much you know hype around for everybody in in american hustle and like as, as soon as it was, it was gone nobody ever talked about it ever again <laughs> amsterdam is john david washington is that his name um i think so margot robbie and christian bale sort of post-world war one it's kind of a little noir thing they got wrapped up in a murder mystery um and they're kind of fun but there are these like I don't know, weird, aspirational, romantic throwbacks to their time spent in Amsterdam, where, and like, they just say the word Amsterdam, staring lovingly at each other over and over again. I'm like, this isn't quite what you want it to be. There's, there is, there are some really funny, there are some really funny moments. I enjoy what um, Bale is doing as the, like, guy who's been so fucked up by, like, he's, like, he's lost his eye and his back's all scarred up and he's wearing a brace and, um, he's, you know, working on facial reconstruction stuff for World War One soldiers and trying to concoct new drugs to deal with pain and stuff. And you know, there's a lot of like, oh, this is working. This is pretty. And he just drops, and it's like, um, there's some fun stuff in it. Um, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I, 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 I wasn't overjoyed. I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't having an amazing time. But there's some fun stuff in it, you know. Um, Margot Robbie is gorgeous. She sort of pops up as a just newsflash, guys. It might have been the altitude getting to me, but uh, this Margot Robbie lady, who very Never pretty, very pretty. Um, she sort of she shows up as the nurse tending to them after the they get damaged in World War One, and she's like it's like close ups and like she's speaking French as a nurse, and it's like I thought it was Olivia Wilde for a minute, just the, the angle and the big eyes on her. Um, or and, Zac uh, Efron. Or Zac Efron, yeah. Those are the two. Um, but very pretty. Very pretty people, the three of them. Olivia Wilde, Zac Efron, and... Uh, Efron's head went weird. Yeah, he got... Did you see those photos? Surgery. What did he do? He got, like, jaw implants or something. Why did he do that? There's, they're, they're saying uh, car crash or something. That's to cover up. I don't know. I, I think he was probably feeling insecure about being, you know, a small, delicate-featured man and wanted to look more. That's very odd. It's very odd. He, he's yeah. putting me in mind of like, um, like Mickey Rourke did a bit of that as well. Like, mm. not like, like, mm. a, like Mickey Rourke did a uh, lot of it. <laughs> he did a lot of it and added in the boxing, which didn't help. Um, or Ryan O'Neill, you know that guy? That yeah. guy did a lot of stuff as well. And it's like, how can you be so, I don't know, uh, insecurity is a, you know, mental health stuff's a That's fucking a, bitch. Yeah, but yeah. like, you're, yeah. 
you are lauded as one of the most attractive human beings on the planet. I think he maybe felt like that was, you know, for a teenage. I just, he was doing some wrestling movie and he looks. He also took a lot of steroids as well for Baywatch. So that'll do it too. Yeah. Yeah. For Baywatch of all fucking films. Gives you a big head. That film was fucked up. Like it's just crap. Just Mm. crap. That being said, Alexandra Daddario. Pretty lady. Who? Alex- Alexandra Daddario. Have Never you heard of her? her. No. She was next to this really pretty person called The Rock. Um, Have you watched White Lotus? I haven't, no. Yeah, I, I started to, and I just kind of fell Got off distracted. it. I need to get back to it. I need <laughs> okay. to get back to it. I say that because she's in that. Yes, yeah, so I'm aware. You would have and Aubrey Plaza's in season two, and I like Aubrey Plaza. Pretty lady, pretty lady. It's It's almost like, it's almost like people in things are attractive. Are they doing that on purpose? No, you don't think so, no. I mean, it would be a bit sort of, um, I don't know. It'd it'd be a bit elitist, wouldn't it? It wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be a bit like, why are they not aiming for like verisimilitude, the reality of life, you know, like the, an authentic scene. It is HBO. What's going on? Oh, I guess those are the people that go to these fancy, fancy hotels. They used to cast normal looking people. Um, Oh, Or make attractive looking people look normal. Lance Um, Reddick. Lance Reddick. Watching the, watching John Wick last night. Um, So sudden. I know. That's so sad. So, I mean, like I I would have seen him first in The Wire. Mm -hmm. Um, Great. Great. I loved his character in The Wire. He's He's fantastic. Great shape and like a stern He's great. I liked him a lot. Um, he was fantastic. He, he he was you know any any time he showed up, he was always just and like a, very often he had like the same sort of energy or presence. You know, mm. but he was always interesting to watch. You know, I remember when he was in. He showed up and lost for like one or two episodes. Yeah, and he was. I think he was an orderly, but you were just kind of like, "What's his deal? What's he doing?" You know, he was just. Uh, he did a lot of voice work. Always very recognizable. Yeah. He's in um, Destiny. He's in Destiny. He's in Horizon. Um, probably a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, he was great. It's a shame. Yeah. That's sad to hear. Um, shame. I went to C2E2 yesterday with Chris. So when Nerd. the... Completely. Um, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna manage what version of this I leave in here, but um, the last show we did as the bag of cats in Galway, uh, the guys presented me with tickets to C2E2, which is a big comic con in Chicago because they knew I was coming yeah. here, and they knew when I would be here, and it was a lovely gift. I was delighted to receive it. Uh, the f- I, I've been completely spoiled by the fact that the guys of the third place, um, as it was at the time, ran a. Uh, ran a convention in the Tara Towers Hotel in Dublin, uh, 2008, 2009. Actually, it might be 2007 because Iron Man, I think Iron Man was just out. Iron Man or was, was in production. We'd seen a trailer. I think we'd seen a trailer for Iron Man. Um, because so Adi Granov like six was months there. Before. Yeah. Yeah. So Adi Granov was there. Liam Sharp, Jim Lee, uh, uh, Carlos Pacheco. And they obviously got a flat rate to come 
because they just sat at their tables, queues formed up, and they would just do 10-minute sketches for everybody. And it was just like, it was, it was, a, it was beautiful. It was just like, can I have this sketch, please? And they would just, absolutely. And they would just draw me a sketch. And then Iron Man hit, and then the MCU took off, and then comic book artists and comic cons took off. And now it's like everything starts at 150 to 200 for mm. any piece of art. If they're a little less known, maybe 80 bucks. Um, the prints are 20, the original arts are 300. And like I was walking around going, I cannot ask any of you people to do any drawings for me because I do not have $200 to hand you. Um, I do, but I, I, I don't have a job to replenish that $200. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, the, we went in going, what we're going to do is we are just going to enjoy this event. And it was so fun. It was like, it was huge. Uh, it was huge. It was, the cosplay was so much fun. Everyone was having a ball and like we were m making sure to like, you know, there's there's big fancy like Iron Man cosplays and, and there's like women looking fucking amazing and like um, just crazy sexy costumes and stuff. But it was the like the obscure ones that were really fun. Like Chris spotted like the green guy from Punch Out. Right. You know, and it's just a green boxing and a real skinny guy. And we just those were the ones that we like we were giving everybody like like, you know, people have put so much work into it. It's like. If I want a picture, I ask permission. And, like, I think it's good to go, you've done a great job, your costume's amazing. Like, give people the props that they want for having made the thing, yeah. you know? And I was making sure, we were making sure especially to find the guy where, like, where he spotted, like, obscure one going, it's great, love it. You know, there was a woman dressed as, like, Willow from season two of the Halloween episode of Willow, I think it was. And all it was was, like, a, a red shirt and black sort of leathery trousers. But it was kind of subtle. And if you didn't, you know, it it could go unnoticed. And I just made a point of going, Willow, right? And she went, yes, absolutely. And it's like, good job. The one we spotted that we laughed a lot at was um, we were walking along and I noticed a woman dressed as like totally spies thing. But right next, like it's, you know, kids cartoon stuff. And it's yeah. like, oh, that's fun. She's done a good job there. But right next to her, sitting at a table, just kind of looking a little dejected, but also perfectly in character was Moss from the IT crowd <laughs> and he's the one that we made eye contact with and went and he went he just did the little like he did the Moss wave and we went that's a lovely Tanetanba and we walked on you know <laughs> I, I know a lot of people know the IT crowd here but like there weren't many people cosplaying the IT crowd at C2E2 yeah. you know so like give that guy his props you know he, he, like it, that Chris threw out a pretty obscure Power Rangers reference to a guy dressed as the Black Ranger from the 1990s movie. You know, it's like, what does it pick on the Frog Day? Like, you need to know that movie pretty well, I guess, to get that. But like, yeah. by the time the guy's dressed up as the ninja version from the alien planet, it's the frog. Like, when that got sort of shouted in his direction, he, yeah, he laughed a lot because he loved that movie. Um, so it was lots of that sort of fun, you know, like just enjoying the people because I could have spent a fortune. I could have spent mm -hmm. a fortune. But what was funny was Chris was just like, oh, I'm buying this, and I'm buying this, and I'm buying this, and I'm buying this. And he came on with so much art. Um, I came back with a couple of things. Where are they? Um, I did come back with... Um, be careful not to drop this. 
there was I didn't buy it and I'm going to regret it forever but the, there was some guy who had done like a portrait of Sean Connery in the hunt for Red October um, as a sort of like commemorative thing after uh, Connery had passed away and it was $20 and I probably should have bought it but it was just just a little too large to carry around um, but like this guy did um, very nice so it's um, it, the, the, he called them his like his doubles series and it was actors kind of playing their roles so I've got a, a John Wick Neo and a Han Solo Indiana Jones and they're beautiful and he had like you know Furiosa and um, oh god what was the other character but like he, he had a few or Jim Carrey in The Mask and in Dumb and Dumber and um, he had beautiful posters I actually might end up buying this stuff online but like they were A3 or bigger 11 by 17 and I just couldn't carry that around um, comic books you remember the name I think I took a card he signed it, but it's so hard to read. Mm-hmm. It's one of them little squiggles. I took. I think I took a card. I'd have to dig it out. Um, but like, it's beautiful, and he was really, really friendly. Like he was enjoying chatting to us, um, especially because we'd locked in on these things. Because he was like, "I brought these last year, and no one was interested." And I was kind of surprised um, that like they weren't the seller for him. Um, but um, I'm trying to get a little bit of art up around this unit. Um, Because it is pretty uh, serial killer, as I said. And so I brought some prints of my own that I was like, oh, I'll, you know, give these to people or whatnot. But like now that I'm like, there's nowhere, there's no art in the walls. I might just like I framed a few. Um, I went, you know, picked up the nice uh, target for a pack of four frames and, and whack them in there. I want to get some little sticky dots or double-sided tape to kind of hold them in place, but um, back to C2E2. C2E2 is where I bought an $11 sandwich. Um, it was nice, but uh, like the queues for... $11, nice. Yeah. The, the queues for food were huge, which is what you expect. There was... I'm trying to think of all the cosplay. It was so fun. Like, you just going to the bathroom and just seeing, like, Arnold Conan. You know? And, like, the guy had... Like, he didn't have Arnold's build, but, like, he had enough of a build that he was, like... It worked. Um, there was there was a funny stall in Artists Alley that was just like muscle bear erotica comics, and it was just like there was just books and books and books with stickers over the penetration on the cover, and just big smiley happy cartoony guys, Good Lord. Daisy chained, and just like adults only, adults only, adults only, and a little like George R. R. Martin guy sitting behind the table, with gray beard. And we were like walking past and he was just like, like he was announcing it to everybody, but he was just like, if you're over 18, you can look in the books and talk to me. <laughs> God. God. I was like, you seem nice, but what am I going to talk to you about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what do you want me to ask you? Um, you, you know what you did coming here. <laughs> I also don't want to give you the wrong impression by coming to talk to you when I know yeah. what you're all about. Yeah. Very clearly, you know? Yeah. I, I neither want to fuck you nor buy your books about fucking. You can ask him about his crafts, though, I guess. I suppose. Were they good drawings, at least? Like, yeah. Know? Yeah, no, they yeah. were. They were. It wasn't... Um, I'll say, yeah, it, the Artist Alley was great. 
there was just so much to see and um clearly <laughs> um an eye-watering amount <laughs> there was but there was but there was like there was very little in terms of that like there was very little in terms of like erotica like that like that was the only one i saw that would necessitated stickers there was a lot of like beefcake Geralt and and stuff around but like you see that everywhere anyway or you see that sort of fandom stuff but there was just there was nerd stuff when people selling their comics and then there was just beautiful graphic art stuff as well just illustrators doing great fucking art and it was so lovely to see it and if it were if it were a different day I'd have dropped a grand walking around that place yeah. you know but it, it is the month that it is it is it is the period of my life that it is that I'm just like I need to make sure that I have money in September and something that, that surprised me um, like obviously the artists stood there to make money and it's one of the ways that they sort of depend on to make money probably budget for it throughout the year you know i need to make x amount so i'm going to this convention and i need to make a certain amount here but i can't remember who it was it was some and it might have been the same convention but it was an artist kind of posting stuff and i can't remember who it was it's maybe one of three female illustrators but point being anyway um really like her work selling drawings and like they look like original drawings for like a mm. hundred bucks yeah which you know is kind of a steal but at the same time it would be easier for someone like me if, if my intention was to buy a bunch of like my favorite artist's work to kind of buy it maybe once a month you know spending a hundred euro maybe once a month on their original artwork because yeah. otherwise, if I'm going to a convention and I want to buy a lot of people's work, you would end up spending thousands yeah. very quickly. I was, kind of I was kind of surprised that um, they wouldn't price stuff a little cheaper for when it's in person because otherwise people have to be walking around with, you know, the intention to spend thousands. And I'm sure some people do, but clearly not everybody there can or will. Um, and again, I'm not saying artists shouldn't charge that much. They absolutely should. It was just kind of. I had a similar I, I, thing. It, 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 it's it's an artist like, who I'm a fan of, and I was like, I'd love to buy some of her stuff. I was like, my God, if I was there, yeah, I'd only be able to buy maybe three pieces, like if you know, over the whole day, and then that would be that would be a ton of money to spend, kind of very quickly. I I had the like, at one point I walked around, I saw a piece of art, and it had eight hundred dollars listed on it. And I was like, you have to put that price on that to value the work that you've put into it. Mm. But it's not amazing. Mm. It's all right. It is worth that time. You have to put that up there in order to value the rest of your work. But there's no way in fucking hell anybody is ever going to pay you $800 for that piece of work. Especially, especially at a convention when there's so many other artists there yeah. and it's to say well i could buy eight pieces from like i said the artist i just mentioned you know i could buy eight of her pieces or i could buy one of these and it's just like well yeah you know um yeah that, that's a kind of an if i had gone there with that type of budget that'd be an easy decision for me to yeah kind of make you know but yeah this week i am not sure what i'm up to what are you what are you any plans for the week How's the how's the dog walking? The dog it's management. Good. It's good. Um 
don't know if there's anything new to say. Walking dogs. But you're enjoying it. Yeah. 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 Um, I usually, you know, I think the most I've taken dogs out is maybe two dogs. And I tend to kind of take them for like a 30 minute walk max. But then there was one day this week, they were like, oh, maybe you'll take this guy for a longer walk if you wouldn't mind. I was like, <laughs> long walks and me? I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And I'd, pl- I'd only planned on going for an hour. Uh, but I was walking quite slow with him. It's very, um, it's very kind of hyperactive dog and they need him to, to chill out a bit. So mm. it was about kind of just... Tiring getting him out, tiring him out without overstimulating. Him. So I was kind of walking a bit slower. And then by the time I got back, it was a two and a half hour walk. And they were like, Such oh my God. It's like, it's like are you, you're alive. That's good. Um, and apparently the dog was very calm for the rest of the day. So they were like, that's that's good. It's like, you don't necessarily need to go that long. But yeah, but I did. Um, it was good. That's um, good. Yeah, it's fun. You know, they all... It's just fun to kind of see the different personalities. Like a lot of them are for the same same litter, and mm. just very different. Um, right. And then, you know, di- even different breeds of dogs will be best friends. Like there's there's two dogs. There's a chocolate lab and a golden retriever, and all they do like the whole time is just like kind of really rough playing, but they won't do that with the other dogs. And it's just the two of them, and you're kind of watching it. You know, making sure it doesn't get out of hand. But anytime I break them up for like, if I think they're getting too rough or something, they immediately go back at it. They, they're, especially if the the dog that I think maybe isn't enjoying it, yeah, will initiate it as soon as I break it up. It's like, okay, I guess I guess he's having fun, so that's fine. That's great. So, yeah, it's good fun. So uh, I guess the other thing I can ask you about, and we can kind of finish up on it, is um, Resident Evil Four. Is that is that the remake? remake. Mm-hmm. That, Actually, when yeah, that get the, there's there's that, and there's the gameplay trailer for Tears of the Kingdom, the latest Legend of Zelda game. Okay. Um, Resi Four remake came out on the twenty fourth of March, I think. Okay, I can't remember. It was a Friday. It was Friday last week, whatever day that was. That was the twenty fourth. Yeah, twenty fourth. That seems right. Anyway, uh, that came out. It's great. Um, I've been a fan of the remix. I think they've done a mostly good job. Um, Resident Evil 3 remake was good, but not as good as the 2 remake. Um, can kind of, you know, dive into why that might be for a variety of reasons. Um I think there's a kind of a sweet spot with this where you, you want to you want to update everything that works without changing it too much. And you kind of want to create the version of the game that is in somebody's head, but with modern day kind of presentation and visuals. But then even when you do that, how do you do that without compromising like the core feeling and mechanics of, of a game? Um, I think too did that fantastically four was a kind of a big departure for the series anyway um you know in your mind you're kind of like just do what you did with two but with four everything great about two just 
do that with four, but it's obviously much more complicated than that. Um, I would say kind of like overall, fantastic, great, great success. They really streamlined things that didn't work or not things that didn't work, but things that maybe haven't aged as well. Um, but it's, it's great. It looks fantastic. Um, it's, you know, it's much more linear than kind of a lot of games I've been playing recently. It's so, it's, it's very, I like, I, I finished it in a weekend and I'm already on my second playthrough and it's just, oh, awesome. it's, okay. it's good fun. It's really polished. It's just, it's just good fun. It's good to play. Um, there's one of the things that is, isn't so much a criticism of the remake. This is kind of more of a observation playing this stuff, but it wasn't as spooky or as creepy. And maybe that's because I've played the game already. Um, I don't know if you remember what four looks like, but it's very gray and brown. Yeah, yeah. And not, and not Resident Evil Village, but not not Village, but the one set. But the one was set in the village <laughs> twenty yeah. years earlier. I do remember. Um, that. Like it's very kind of gray and brown, which is of the time. But your mind kind of fills in a lot of the blanks then, because right. like I remember there's a scene kind of early on in the first one where it suddenly becomes nighttime which is when a kind of a new enemy type comes out and it's got this, this, I think it's very much based on, so the enemy type in it is a parasite. Mm. It's kind of like a brain parasite. And then there is a, there's a visual that's clearly inspired, I would say from the manga parasite, which was also the inspiration for T-1000 in Terminator 2. Okay. The, the so, head hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hang on, let me see if I can. No, no. One second. Okay. A good guess with Junji Ito. He's probably like mm. the the most well known horror manga cat. But uh, I'm talking about Parasite, which is by Hitoshi Iwaki. Okay. It's about a guy that gets a parasite, um, brain parasite from outer space. Thank, thank, thank you for positive reinforcement for me knowing a manga thing, <laughs> <laughs> even if it was the wrong manga uh, thing. Oh, it was good. It's a good attempt. Uh, like this guy is, is less well known, but this this book is um, very influential, famous. Well, this book, well, like I said, uh, so the premise for this, which is a bit of a tangent from Resident Evil Four, premise for this is uh, these parasites from outer space. They arrive on Earth, presumably. They might also have originated from within the Earth. That kind of comes along later, but they they worm into people's brains, and then they eat the brain, and they take over. Right. body Run the but they have shape-shifting abilities so they can transform the the head into a variety of things they can shape-shift but one of the things they do is this very famous panel where i'm, I'm sure i showed you this back in iadt times uh-huh. you see that yeah yeah that's familiar you remember that yeah yeah so the shit the head's kind of they they they're kind of they eat humans, mm. and the head can shape shift into like a variety of like mouths and blades and stuff like that. Um, in the comic, then one of these parasites tries to get into a kid's brain, but he's wearing headphones, so can't get in through the ear. So mm. it tries to get into his nose. And he sneezes, sneezes him out. So then it, uh, it tries to go in by his arm because they mature very quickly. So like once they're out of there cocoon or whatever the parasite will mature so it needs to get to its its location 
So it goes into his arm and uh, it wakes him up. So he kind of puts a like a tourniquet around his upper arm so it can't travel any further mm-hmm. and it ends up maturing in his arm. So now he's got this parasite living in his in his right hand. So now he is kind of living with this parasite. It doesn't need his brain. And now his hand can transform into like basically T-1000, all these kind of blade weapons. And supposedly that is where Cameron, I think Cameron admitted that that's where he got the idea for T-1000. And then 20 odd years later, the enemy type in Resident Evil 4 is also a brain parasite. Um, right. But when it switches to nighttime, the parasite can, the parasite can't be exposed to bright lights and things, mm-hmm. but at nighttime it can come out. But there's a scene in the game early on when it's eventually nighttime and you, you've been kind of playing for four or five hours and you're used to shooting the bad guys in the head, and, you know, mm. headshot and then moving on and that, that being the end of it. But there's a point in the game where you shoot them in the head and the head explodes and suddenly there's this like bladed tentacle swirling around. And I remember screaming the first time <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Um, and obviously that was, you know, 18 years later now. It was less yeah. scary, but some of it was, I think some of the mood was more effective because the visuals were a bit more limited. You know, we've got this kind of just very dark grays and browns and things. Whereas in this, it's much more photorealistic. Um, So that was one observation I had is that it's definitely more grotesque because, you know, like I said, the visuals are kind of photorealistic, but there was something a little less, for me anyway, atmospheric about it. Right. Um, It lost it in places. But... um, but overall, they did a good job, and you they did a fantastic choice. Like, yeah, um, and even like things like the opening scene where you're you're kind of approaching a farmhouse, that's way more atmospheric than it was in the original. Right. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the side by sides comparisons, but you mm. you kind of get out of a car and you approach a house. They've updated that, and it is so much better. Okay. In the cool. remake, so there's parts of it that are just well well elevated beyond, but um. That's that's that I wouldn't I wouldn't kind of want them to change anything. Um because it was great. It was like it's four is fantastic and they've updated it without changing too much, without spoiling things, um, they've trimmed it down a bit and yeah, it's great fun. I'm really, really happy with it. And it'll they're presumably gonna continue remaking them. But Five was set in Africa. Six was six was like a Gears of War clone. It was mm. a real low point. Um, okay, became an action shooter rather than a kind of a survival horror. Okay, horror thing. And then they rebooted it with seven, which was from the first person perspective. And mm. then eight was Village. So it's a question of <laughs> which ones are they going to remake next? Because pretty soon they'll be up to the point current ones with the most current ones Mm. um you know with with two three and four you kind of want them to remake it without changing too much yeah just updating it but five was a bit more five was where it started to get a bit too action heavy it felt a bit like uncharted right places are there people that love that though you see i like five but what i would say is if, if they are going to remake five or six i think these are the ones where they should take a bit of license and change a lot, you know, with two, three and four, we just kind of want an update of them with five and six, I would say change them to bring them more in line with, with the new remakes rather than 
like if they remake five change a lot mm-hmm. change a lot of it make it make it a bit more less action oriented um bring back some of the kind of creepy horror stuff even though i did enjoy five um it, it's there was a lot of stuff they removed from five which didn't make sense like the the merchant for wep- weapon upgrades and stuff in four mm-hmm. was i think it was pretty much everybody's favorite part of of the game and then they removed him from five and then your weapon upgrade is just a thing you do just in menu yourself right like, well, why, why would they why would they take that out um so if they do remake they're presumably going to remake one of them next mm-hmm. but will it be code veronica which was like dreamcast game or will it be five which kind of chronologically came next i think they'll do code veronica next bro, because mm-hmm. but we'll see they haven't i mean it's, it's, yeah, it's only I been mean, a week they've just, they've <laughs> just put one out you're you're on to them yeah. to do the next one already <laughs> yeah yeah check them out if you've been thinking about playing them you probably already have if you've been all thinking right about well i think uh i'm gonna try and head out into the world 8 a.m now <laughs> shazam